0: Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. Brought to you by Blue Sky Business Consulting, we discuss five questions in about 15 minutes. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. We're always glad that you take some time each week to join us for the Team Engagement Podcast. And I'm excited to welcome our guest today. He is from Denver, Colorado. This is Peter Melby. He is the founder and CRO of New Charter Technologies. Peter, thank you for taking some time with me on a busy day, of course. What would you like the audience to know about New Charter Technologies?
1: Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, uh, so new, new Charter Technologies is, is a newer entity, um, but with a history that dates back quite a ways. So we're, we're on a mission to create the IT services uh, company that, that hasn't existed yet in the IT industry. And our focus is generally around um, building people operations uh, at scale. So we find best-in-class IT service providers, um, including Greystone Technology, which um, I, I co-founded uh, in Denver over 20 years ago, um, and we uh, have a shared investment, you know, uh, platform where we bring these companies in and we we work together to take best-in-class operations and make a. Um, better than best in class, you know. Aggregate, you know, in terms of a nationwide presence and nationwide opportunities. So, um, you know, b- being able to uh, have both the the focus on people, but also doing it with a thousand employees and thousands of customers, um, which is is challenging for for IT because most most IT organizations are pretty boutique, you know, and, and pretty small um, because it's such a relationship oriented business. So that relationship oriented business at scale um, is. Uh, what we're succeeding at, and it's a lot of fun, but it also brings a lot of interesting challenges, which I'm sure we'll get into.
0: Yeah, that uh, yeah that it, that does lead into the questions, but yeah, that is an interesting challenge because you're right. A lot of IT firms out there, they're just kind of localized, and that's great. They can address the local needs; there's no problem. But I like what you're doing, and I like that you're bringing the people element as well. So, fantastic, good work. All right, well, let's jump to the questions then. So, as you were kind of indicating. You know, Peter, as you've been building the business and growing the business, is there a challenge that you've overcome that you're especially proud of?
1: Yeah, there's there's one that was especially impactful uh, for us uh, from you know, the the early stages, and probably the best way I can explain it is we overcome we we overcame the expectation that good intentions, you know, as we you know uh, interacted with our people um, would be enough that, that people would always perceive those intentions. I I started out with the idea that I want to be a people oriented operation. I care about people. Um, and they're going to see that because it's true of me. Um, what I learned, uh, very quickly is that when we got beyond 10 people, it was very hard for them to see all of that for one and know me. Um, but also that there's some inherent distrust that happens just in the fabric, you know, of, of you know the leadership dynamic, you know trust of authority, um, you know things like that, and so we we learned that um, just having good intentions is not enough. It had to actually become a methodical practice, and that's a really different thing when you look at how how do you create practice around the ideas um, of just I want people to trust me and believe what I say, um, and so that's that, that's been the journey that's probably been the most effective for us as we move forward in terms of it's it hasn't been a straight line journey it's not a journey that will ever end um but realizing that the the process and actions you know matter just as much as the intentions
0: I really like that because you're absolutely right there's the, there's a people aspect and any of us that are in a relationship based type of industry that's really critical and yet we lose it. We try to scale and we start to, it starts to deteriorate and lose that a little bit. So I love that you brought that to the surface and that you're intentional and that you're really focused on trying to build that and you do have to have a plan. So I love that. Great work. Great work. All right. Question number two, how can leaders help to foster an environment of creativity within their team or company?
1: You know, it's, it's interesting because um, in a lot of ways, pressure and stress and, um, a lack of psychological safety are the enemies of creativity. Um, you know, psychological safety—the the ability to be yourself and 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 share what's truly going on. You know, in your work world when you're at work, um, Google's done some some work on that. We've talked about that a lot within you know our organization. You know, over the past decade plus, um, that's a really hard thing to create. In in fact, you don't create it at all. You, it's a hard thing to cultivate within an organization. Because truth, like raw truth is not native to the employment experience. You know, the, the, you know, we joke that the employment process is based on a lot of lies in a lot of cases and not, not necessarily overt lies, but the resume and the job description, both sides of the interview conversation um, are there's an agenda. There's the, I, I need to get, you know, my point across, not I need to share the reality of things. And so, it it very naturally leads itself to a to, to culture where creativity is stifled by nervousness and am I doing the right thing and how do I toe the line, um and a culture void of psychological safety. So the thing that we talk about with psychological safety um, a lot is that it's not about just you know inviting everybody to bring all of their their own personal issues and problems and become a counseling you know operation within the company. It's about really two things. Number one is, do I understand how my employees feel about themselves? Am I, am I, am I, do I have access to understand um, what they think that they're good at, what they're, you know, recognizing they need to improve on? You know, oftentimes people, most of the time I've learned our employees know what they, what they're not good at. They know where they're falling behind, but a lot of them are trying to show that they're capable of those things rather than, you know, connecting on and collaborating on how to get better at those things. Um, So if we know how how they truly think about themselves and then we flip it around and also make sure that they understand how we truly feel about them in a very authentic way, um, constructive, but direct, um, then that's a recipe for someone feeling that they know where they stand in the, you know, that, that, you know they're not coming into work or leaving work with all these questions in their head am I enough or am I doing the right things, even when you're sharing with them the things that they may not be doing effectively, um, but you're doing it in in the same you know structure where you're telling, you know, where they're you're looking at where the strengths are, you know, and looking at, at it comprehensively. That's what frees up the creative process for a lot of people. They look at it and say, oh, I can think outside the box. I can make decisions. I can, you know, I, I have room and space and confidence because it hasn't been stripped away by, you know, just the the tip telling, you know, or the the posturing that often happens within the workplace.
0: Great comments. Boy, I cannot agree more because psychological safety, in my view, is a great promoter of creativity. You have to have it's funny. We're not going to share it. And- and it, it's so true. It's also so
1: hard. <laughs> it's yes. this thing where that's the 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 nature components of all of it that, you know, are just like, all right, no matter how hard we 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 try at this, there are always things that stand in our way. But what I've seen over time is the organizations that make a concerted effort, um, they benefit so much from competitive advantage. You know, it's not about being perfect, it's about being intentional about it.
0: Great comments. Yeah, it's real easy to forget that there is no specific formula that's going to work for every environment. It just isn't. You have to deal with people. You have to deal with a different culture, whatever it is. There's lots of different factors, but uh, great comments. Boy, I could spend all day talking about just psychological safety, but uh, great comments about how that can help uh, build up creativity. All right. Question number three, how can a leader help the team members or the employees to trust each other?
1: So uh, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna say something that a lot of people don't agree with me on. Um, I think core values are overrated, <clears throat> and what I mean by that is that if you take a traditional view of core values, um, you can start to see some inconsistencies. So let's let's take kind of an easy mark. Um, you know, trust. Mm-hmm. You know, if trust is a core value. Um, you know. When, as a leader, when someone comes to you and says, well, I, I trust this, you know, or I, I see this and someone else says, well, actually, this is what happened. You can't live into that core value both ways immediately, because who do you trust, you know, and how does that actually play out? So fostering trust between, you know, I in, mean, in, in, and engagement between, you know, team members for me is less than, um, hey, let's have these, these core values. We've actually set out and said, we need to have agreements together. Um, and we have what we call citizenship, which is, you know, our list of agreements that we all live by, you know, at, at work. And when we have that list of core agreements, everybody's, you know, working from the same playbook, they're doing different things, very different personalities but they're able to not just, they have the lateral freedom then to build relationships and trust with each other without fracturing, you know, from the leadership dynamic, you know, throughout the the chain of command or the, the hierarchy. Um, and that's one of the things that we see most is that sometimes people will very easily create trust between team members, but at the expense of the organization, you know, because they connect on things that are fun to talk about or gossip or you know, things like that. And those relationships are never going to go away. We, we don't want them to go away. But if if a lot of our, our foundation can be rooted in that citizenship, you know, agreements, actions that we agree on, that's what we've translated our core values into. Is that, you know, action statements, you know, on those things that just give a better foundation for authentic relationship between team members.
0: I like that a lot. And I like that you have uh, kind of redefined what you're going to call core values into something more. Hey, let's, let's agree on these things and how we're going to act. I think that's a great approach. Love that. All right. Uh, Peter question number four. um, Obviously there are times in anyone's life, but especially in the business world where things don't go quite as planned. And it might be what we call a failure, but is there a time or an experience that you can share where there was a perceived failure, but you turned it into a win? Yeah. You know,
1: so if i if i go back to that that first question of you know what we learned in terms of good intentions not being enough um the there's a situation you know around that where i thought we were we had a really strong family you know oriented you know uh uh work dynamic you know felt like we were a family um and i think there there's been a lot that's come out you know about that a lot of people who have experienced the same thing that Family probably isn't the best, um, you know, uh, example or definition, you know, the, of those things. Team, you know, people working together for the same purpose, but where accountability, um, you know, is is there. And um, about ten years in, into the business, was the most visceral lesson I had in that. And um, I got an an employee or an email from one of our our employees um, uh, about another one of our employees that four letter words, insults, so, so frustrated. Um, and I, I, uh, it took me a minute to realize that the email was accidentally sent to me and it was supposed to be sent to one of our other team members about me. <clears throat> and so it was that thing where I realized there was this sub conversation that was going on and, you know, I was angry, but also very, you know, humble and humiliated, you know, in some ways that I, the family dynamic actually maybe it was pretty true to a family dynamic if you learn how a lot of families function but it wasn't true to the dynamic that i thought we had and so that was one of the visceral pieces where i looked at it and said all right this even though i believe the person's wrong they have these views about me we have to get to the bottom of this and so the best thing i did was not fly off the handle and you know terminate the employee or you know we we dug into it you know and it was painful uh, but it was also a strong er- er- area of recognition for the rest of the team too, to say like, oh, if these things aren't said in the right format, in the right way, they do bubble up and they boil over, and we just had no idea at that point. So that that set us down the course of recognizing that, uh, um, that it's 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 those intentions. It's not necessarily about being family. It's about being on a mission together. You know, being team oriented, aligning on you know on what accountability looks like and following through for people and still truly caring about them, but doing it in a way that's more methodical.
0: Great comments. Again, I appreciate all your comments so far today. And uh, boy, it's, uh, I can't even imagine my my stomach turned when he said, you found out it was about you, but I love the fact that you stayed calm and that you kind of had to, you know, let's address it. You didn't run away from it because conflict is going to exist. And uh, sometimes, uh, to use your phrasing and your analogy about the family, sometimes siblings fight. You know, it just happens. But yeah. the love doesn't go away. You know, it's just it's kind of the way it is. But it's unfortunate that it was targeted to you and that it came to you accidentally. But at the same time, it's fortunate that you were able to handle it the way that you did. So, hats off and congratulations to you for handling it the way you did. That would be hard. <laughs> a lot of people. And and I'll say that
1: it also, if I look back, I, I there's another lesson that's in there, and it's that. When, I I didn't immediately react because it was one of the first times I recognized that my reaction was actually we paled in comparison to his realization that it was sent to me. You know, like that shock for him was far more impactful than if I were to yell at him. I think he he actually told me later he would have felt better if I had just yelled at him you know um but, but but the the repercussions of the situation oftentimes share you know impact more than an individual leader can and sometimes we we layer that on you know so we look at it and say oh you know you messed up but i need to tell you over and over and over i need to be loud about it or i need to you know to beat it in whereas that's not typically the way self-aware, you know, people process things, you know, and so really anchoring on what is going to move the needle and change the situation, not just what's going to make me feel better in this situation, you know, was, was big.
0: Oh yeah. I can only imagine. Well, thank you for sharing that that story and for being a little bit open and vulnerable there for a little bit. Uh, So that's, that's helpful. It's a good example. All right. Our last question, Peter, tell us a little bit about your first job. So
1: my first job was 14. I was a I baked cookies for a local cookie bakery that my neighbor owned, wow. um, which was a lot of fun because I would go in it in the summers. I ride my bike over at seven in the morning, start eating cookie dough. Um, <laughs> but, you know, by the time I was done with my shift at noon, I was sick and uh, um, it was a great job to have as a 14 and a half year old when I could start working in Colorado. Um, my, my first uh, job that led to, to this was actually my, my second actual job. I was 16 and I got a job um, with an outsourced IT provider uh, and I had a friend that worked there and they called me up and said, Hey, do you, you know, you know, we, we might be interested in bringing you on. My, my friend knew that I knew some things about computers and I went, I thought they thought I was a prodigy um, and they hired me. Um, turns out they just had worked for six bucks an hour, you know? And so the margins were pretty good uh, for them. And um, I, they, they were real cautious of me doing any actual work until I found out or the, until they, they found out how I had built relationships with all these customers. Like I would basically just go be a seat filler. Like, Hey, someone needs to be here. There was no remote service at that point. Um, like, but just call somebody if anyone has a problem, you know, so they would come by, there was no ticketing system. There was no, it was just come by and say, Hey, I have a problem with, with my computer. And so just call someone every time and they'll tell you what to do. And over time, I just I built relationships with people and I started learning what they were actually experiencing, you know, with their technology and with work. And so um, I, that's a, a lot of what, what this business has been built out of is recognizing the context of that. I started solving deeper problems than the IT department had been solving up until, up until that point, because I didn't look at it from just a technical perspective, you know, so that was a fun 16, 17, you know, high school summer job, you know, that set me down this path.
0: Wow. What a great, uh, valuable first job because you learned the value of relationships. And as you just said, you're continuing that same philosophy through your work today with the company that you're working with and founding and all of those good things. So, well, this has been great, Peter. Thank you so much for being willing to take a few minutes, share your insights and your wisdom. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So uh,
1: LinkedIn, um, you know, search me up. There's not, not a lot of Peter Melby's. Um, And uh, uh, definitely connect with me there and also um, email peter at neutrudertech.com.
0: Very good. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate you joining us every week and we look forward to next week when we get to have another opportunity to talk about teams and leadership. Thanks so much. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. We also invite you to follow or subscribe to our podcast, wherever you may be listening or watching. Is your business thriving? Go to tbs-score.com to find out. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great day.